about Christmas and the theme that um, we always pray about everything that we do, but um, and when we come into particular holidays, Easter and Christmas, what we do is we pray and we say, Lord, what are you saying? What is, on, what is the impression that we feel, the direction you're going? And this year, the theme is God with us. And if you didn't know that, that is in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, where it was the prophecy of Jesus. And you, what you see is, is Christmas is about the, the fulfillment of a prophecy that God had given the prophet Isaiah in a promise to restore a relationship to us in everything that was lost in Adam. And you know, when you think about God with us and God in me, God with us is always better than us by ourselves. I'm going to try that again. I know some of y'all by yourself. Okay, God, God with you is a whole lot better than just you, Brad Pete. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's God with us is a whole lot better than, than us by ourselves. And, you know, we've been talking about that universal theme in the Bible that the term when you, when better is a universal theme and it's a pattern throughout the Bible. God promises better. He's the creator of everything that there is. He has the original design and he's, and his leading is always connected with lifting our life and us applying his ways to our life. That, and it always turns out better. How many of you here today, if you could just look at any area of your life, you would say, I want better. I, I want better. Well, it's really good, 10 of us. I said, I mean, how many of you would like better, better? And you say, well, what do you mean better? If you're married, you want a better marriage. Doesn't mean it's bad. You just want it better. How many of you are with me on that? If you're here, maybe your health, better. Maybe your work environment, better. Maybe your kids or your, or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or somebody, Lord, I want it better. Maybe your finances. How many of you want those better? I want, Lord, I want those better in my life. And so it's a, it is a universal theme in the Bible. And, and a foundational scripture that we've been reading is in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through verse 3. And I'm just going to read it. But it says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. What I want you to notice is God spoke to Abraham and he said, I want you to do something. But then he said, there's a promise connected with you doing that. In verse two, he said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And what we've done in a previous week is we, we looked at Acts chapter 7. And in Acts chapter 7, Stephen is preaching to the, the Jewish high council, and he's referring to this story. And what we found out is that God spoke this to Abraham between 10 and 20 years before Abraham actually did anything with it. In other words, God said it, but it took a lot of things to transpire before Abraham would follow. And he knew what God's will was, but it took him a while to follow, 10 to 20 years. God always has better, but it comes back to my will. 
I say, God's got better for us, but he comes back to my will. My will has to believe so much in his better that it affects it. It affects it. And what I want to talk, what I want to zero in on today is I think every one of us believe God has better. Every one of us. Can we all say amen? We, God, God has better for our lives, but we must align our will and his ways in order to step up and step into his better for our life. You know, I want to talk about a conversation that I had with God about a year and a half ago. And you, when I bring it up or when I, how many of you have conversations with God? How many of you wish God would answer you quicker than he does? How many of you wish he would answer you audibly you prefer? How many of you know what I'm saying? I, I, and I, had a, I was having a conversation with God um, about just our church, about his plan. And for you that don't know, and we were actually last night, we were going through some old photos of the family. And for you that don't know, is I pastored a church before I moved to Michigan. I pastored a church in a town called Temecula, California for nearly eight years before we came here. And, um, and we were looking at a picture and I was baptizing Micah in a jacuzzi when he was like little. He was, he was, he was really little. And I, and, and I was reminded of a, uh, I, I was reminded of something that when we pastored in Temecula is he was, I, he was between one and two years old. And I kind of, like I come up here, I had him in my arm and I was holding him and I came up on the stage and I, and I said, uh, Michael, what do you want to say? And he reaches over and he grabs the mic and he says, I want to preach and I want to tell people about Jesus. He was like two or less when he said it. And I remember, how many of you know as a parent, you're like, oh, thank you, God. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, he, he came to me probably 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and he said, Dad, I feel called to be a pastor. I feel called to be a pastor. And I said, oh, that's awesome. That's, you know what I'm saying? And so... We, you know, conversations with the board and all of that, but we said, okay, well, the goal then is, is to develop you because you have to have the capacity to be able to pastor. It's not just, a lot of times people say, I want to be a pastor, but they're not developed. And then they cause problems. How many of you know what I'm saying? And, um, and so he, 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 uh, he kind of went through the, uh, it was 10 years or so. And, and, um, and I remember he came to me and he said this, he said, Dad, I don't know what it is, but he said um, something about Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. And I said, well, what do you mean? And, and um, there was different things that, it, uh, that kind of were going on. And he's like, I just can't sleep. And I said, well, I recommend that you go to Arizona and spend time. I, you know, I did tell him this. I said, go in August. How many of you know what I'm saying? And um, so he said, okay, you know, so he went in different months. And I want to say he probably took four or five trips. And he came back to me and he said this. He said, dad, I don't know what to say. He said, I know that God is calling me to plant a church in Phoenix, Arizona. And I remember looking at him and saying to myself, you know, how many of you know, you could smile on the outside, but say shoot on the inside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where you're just like, and I remember just looking at him and this is what I know. And it goes all the way back to here. It goes all the way back to God with us. 
is God's plan is always better than our plan. We can have an idea of what we want our plan to be, but we hold it loosely when he's the Lord of our life. We hold it loosely and we say, Lord, I, I, I trust you. And so God just kind of blew my plan out of the water. By the way, they're, they're, um, they're doing incredible. In Phoenix, uh, January 8th, they're going to two services. So they've only been going for, they'll be, have, be going for three months and they need to add another service. Isn't God faithful? Isn't it, isn't it good? And, um, and so I remember that, you know, uh, I remember just stopping and saying, okay, wow. Okay, God, well, um, we got the pastor part, right? We just got the wrong location. And so I just began to really just pray and, and, um, and seek the Lord. And, and as I prayed about it, and I've learned this with God, is I had a really, really strong peace on the inside. And it was just, an, I mean, just a, you know, soup, just a, a peace that was just like, and I've learned through the years that what that peace means is God has a plan. I just don't know about it yet. And so then my natural next thing to say is, Lord, what is the plan? And he didn't tell me anything, but I just had this overwhelming sense of peace on the inside that I, that, okay, God, you, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you have a plan because I'm just, and this is just for me, but um, I think sometimes my own opinion, of course, is I think sometimes I think um, to me as a pastor, you are not a success unless you have a plan for a successor. In other words, that if you just time out and you turn 70 and 80 years old and you have no plan for a successor, then many times what happens is, is that the whole church just turns to gray hair. How many of you know what I'm saying? And you lose the next generation. And so I just began to seek the Lord in regard to God. What is, what is, what is your plan? And, and he didn't say anything to me, but as I was, um, I have a really, really close friend of mine. His name is James Sonnick and he passed pastor's church called Victory Life Church in Battle Creek. And there, he's an incredible pastor, just a great, great hearted. As a matter of fact, the first Sunday that I preached here in the morning, um, he was an intern at Res Life and he came and preached the evening that evening. And so I sat in the front row and we met each other the first time. And after that, we just became best of friends. That was before we had moved here. But I've known Pastor James for 22 years or some 20 plus years I've known him. And, and so I do this periodically as I have pastor friends that I just um, highly respect. And I just, I, I recognize that they have giftings. And, and so I, we get together and we talk shop, you know what I'm saying? We laugh and sometimes we cry. Sometimes we bleed. Sometimes we encourage each other. Sometimes we talk about strategy and different things and what is the Lord doing? And so I had a lunch coming up because I usually get together with Pastor James about two to four times a year. And I had a lunch coming up. And, um, and as I thought about the lunch that was coming up, this um, immediately I was reminded, and now I know it was the Lord, but I was reminded of something that Pastor James had said to me like 15 or 17 years ago when we were together. I asked him this question. I said, James, if in a perfect world, if God were to just appear to you and say to you, hey, what do you want to do? Money is no object. There, you can do it, and I'll take care of it. And he looked at me, and he didn't even blink. He said, I would like to have a retreat center 
that ministers to senior pastors that are discouraged, that are beat up, that need healing, that need hope put back on the inside to restore their soul and to put them back into ministry. And I remember when he said that, I thought to myself, man, that is so good hearted. How many of you are with me on that? He didn't say, he didn't, Lord, give me this or God, give me this or give me this. He was like, I want to be a, a tool of God to bring restoration to discourage pastors. And the Lord, and I, back then I thought it was just me, but I see now that it was the Lord. And so I thought as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, at the end of our lunch, wait till about five minutes for the end. I'm going to just say to Pastor James, Pastor James, do, do you know anybody that you would recommend, that you would say, um, um, hey, this person would be a good candidate to pastor? Um, because I was, you know, we were looking and we didn't really have anybody. And so um, I did. And so, you know, we chatted and, and came right down to the end. And I remember I, I asked him and, and I just had this overwhelming sense of peace on the inside. And so I just said it to him. I just kind of threw it out there. Hey, you have anybody? And he looked at me and he like almost shocked. He was just kind of looked at me and he was like, whoa, you know, and, um, and I found out later, he, he said to me, yeah, I got, I have a couple people. And then we began to talk and, and, um, and he said, but he said, my, when, um, he said, he was shocked. It was the last few minutes. I got in my car and on my way driving back, cause he's in Battle Creek. So we meet in the middle. He sends me this text and he said, I hope I didn't come across any short way or uninterested. But when you said that, something in me went off. And he said, before I left the house this morning, my wife looked at me, who Jill and Eileen are best friends, really good friends. She said, wouldn't it be amazing if Pastor Mike had lunch with you and mentioned to you about a pastor at the church in St. Joe. And then I did it. And so he was just like, whoa, how many of you know, you're just like, Lord, I'm listening. How many of you know, it was, it was, it was, it was one of those. Well, I, this is what I said to him as we departed. I said, you know, I don't know if this is God. I said, but I have an overwhelming sense of peace on the inside. And what I want you to do and me to do is over the next month or two, let's just pray. Let's just seek the Lord and let's just see what he's leading. And then we'll get together and we'll see how each other feel. And so we did. And a month or two later, we got back together and my peace was even stronger. And his was like, I just have an overwhelming sense of peace that God might be doing something. And I said, well, before we go any further, I need to sit, uh, I will schedule something, but I need to talk with the board bring the board in to the conversation. And so I brought the board into the conversation. And as I shared it first, there was a little bit of a shock, but then it was like, man, I don't know. I have a piece on the inside. And I said, well, let's do the same thing for the next couple few weeks. Let's all just pray. And I made up my mind that unless it was unanimous on the board, I was not going to move forward. And so the board kind of went off and, and everybody went and then we came back together, I don't know, three, four weeks later. And they all basically said, you know what? We feel like God might be in this. God might be in it. And so I said, okay, well, the, I had already 
talked to James and I said, if the board is in agreement or they feel it, then we need to come up, sit down with your team and let them get a feel for you, for your leadership, for your leadership team, and then be able to answer all kinds of questions or any questions that they have. And so we went up and, and, um, and they fed us and we were in, kind of took us through the church and and um, and the board, our board asked all different questions and different things like that. And on the way home, they, we were just talking and all through the next week. And the board basically said, you know what? We feel like this might be God. And so I went back to um, James and I said, well, who are these two guys that you're talking about? And he said, well, he said, I think really it's just one. I feel really strongly about just just one. And he began to talk to me about this guy named Luke. Everybody know who Luke is? And he said, Luke has pastored for 18 years. He's pastored with his, he was an associate pastor for his father-in-law. He got saved at 16 years old, and God told him, you're going to be a pastor one day. You know that Luke has nine kids. He has nine kids. They adopted one from Ukraine, but they have eight biologically. And, and recently, he's a financial planner by trade. That's what he does. But um, he said to his wife, he said, well, you know, I guess maybe this is what God wants me to do. And two weeks later, James goes to him and says, Luke, I want to talk to you about something. And he said, he, it just wrecked him. It just wrecked him. And I remember that. I said, well, the, the next thing really I need to do is I need to, I would like to sit down and meet Luke. And you know, when you've been a pastor, I've been a pastor now for nearly 30 years. And when you've been a pastor for 30 years, you've been around the block. You know how to pick stuff. How many of you know what I'm saying? You can kind of zero in. And I met Luke and I just began to ask him questions. Just began to, you know, uh, for you that, that don't know, I have owned a business and ran a business in California and I've been a pastor and pastoring is harder than anything else. And the reason is, is you're dealing with people. You're dealing with hearts. You're dealing with lives. You're dealing with healing. You're, and you go through everything in between. And so I began to talk with Luke. And I remember that as I talked with Luke, Within 10 minutes, I said, God, I, God, I see what you're doing. I don't know how, I don't know what, but I see what you're doing. Say, well, and James says to me, Pastor James, he said, Well, are you looking for a candidate? Somebody just come in? Or are you wanting somebody with a that will have a long term relationship with me? And you don't you don't the stats in America today for transitioning of a pastor are an established church. 
that is established, the success rate is less than 50% when they transition to a younger pastor. And the reason is, is because they don't have, I'll call it the shoulders. They don't have the experience. They can't handle the pressures, the people problems, financial decisions, leading a team. And so I looked at Pastor James and I said, no, I, would, I, I really would like to have you involved because you have a, you have a he has, he's been with Pastor James now for four to five years. I said, I would like you to be involved. And so as we began to talk about it and what it would look like, and I said, you know, as a church, we have a, we have a good reputation in the community. We're, we're known as a little bit radical, though. How many of you know what I'm saying? We're, we're known that we'll do, we'll do things, anything short of sin to get somebody to come to Jesus. We, 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 that we're, and so we have a, a good reputation in the community. But then equally, as we began to talk for you that don't know, is we planted a church down south about 10 or 12 years ago that shares our name and our name only, Road to Life Church. They made some not good decisions. And as we talked about it and the board talked about it, we basically said Luke would be swimming upstream in, you know, you, in case you didn't know this, you know that the um, average person before they visit a church watches to seven online services before they step foot in the door to come to one. And they, they first go and do a Google search. And so as we began to talk about it, is, you know, we, as we began to talk about it, and the board agreed, we looked and we said, it probably wouldn't be fair for us to say, because of he would be having to swim or or paddle upstream. And so as we began to pray and think about it, number one is we as a board concluded, this is God. This is the Lord. But number two, we concluded that it probably wouldn't be fair to put Luke, because that's down there is not getting better. It's not going in the direction of better. As a matter of fact, you can pray for him. Okay, and I want to encourage you to pray for him. And so the board, what we did is we concluded, okay, number one is this is the Lord, and we know that Luke is to be the pastor. But number two is we stepped back and we looked and we said, we think that we need to change our name as a church. And you say, well, what do you mean change your name as a church? Is due to that, and I think it's interesting, Jackie um, Hall came and said, she felt like the Lord said something to her that ro the road to life leads to victory life. And, um, but we're going to be changing the name of our church January 1st to Victory Life Church. Everybody say Victory Life. Now say it with a little spunk. Say Victory Life. We're going to be changing the name of our church to Victory Life, January 1st. And then um, sometime in the middle of March, we're going to be laying hands on Pastor Luke and placing him in as the senior pastor. Up until then, I'm going to be the pastor. Up until then, I'm going to continue to teach, preach, but also Pastor Luke. Pastor Luke, this past week, gave his notice at his job. 
And so he's actually finishing out the rest of this year. And then you're going to be seeing him in um, starting more and more and more in January. But, you know, when, I, when we reflect and when, I sit, when we look at things like this, it's amazing to me how personal God is. God, I don't know if I said this earlier, but when I was like probably six months into it, after we had already, okay, God, I know what you're doing, the Lord spoke to me and he said this. He said, Mike, I have called you to do this as much as I have called you to Michigan. I've called you to do this. And it caused me to just be like, okay, God, I have learned a long time ago that, you know, when, you, when we reflect and when we look and when we, I have always endeavored in every season and in every area of my life, including moving to Michigan, that God, whatever you say, and if I know it's you, I'll go all in on it. And I have found that that is a recipe for a great life. You could take that in your own personal life and that when you know that God has said something either in his word or to you and he's directed you to go all in on it. And I remember that as I, our, my entire life, my entire marriage, that's what we've endeavored to do. But like f- probably five months ago, the board and everyone in the circle concluded that this is God and that we know that God has called us to do this. And so what's happening is, is I'm going to continue. And, and some people have said, are you going to Arizona? Anybody have that question? Are you, we are not going to Arizona. As a matter of fact, my wife thinks Arizona is ugly. Okay. (laughs) She said it's all red and it's not green and there's no trees and whatever. We're not going to Arizona. We're going to continue to do what we've always done and what we've always preached, and that is this. We believe that a healthy Christian should go to church regularly, should, uh, should serve in some capacity as the body of Christ, and should tithe. And so what we're doing is what we've always preached, you're going to see us doing it. That's what we're going to do. You're going to be coming in. You're going to be going... Pastor Mike is a greeter at the door. I'm like, come on, get your tail in here. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's, but what it is, what we realize is this, is that we as a church have always endeavored to follow the Lord in everything that he says do. And so in the up and coming uh, months, what you're going to notice is there's going to be a slow and steady transition of progress. And the, and the goal is we, you know, we're targeting the middle of March as far as a runway, but to develop Luke, I'm, we're going to continue to serve. My wife is going to continue to run Road to Hope. We're going to continue to be involved, but equally it's going to afford us like, yes, we will be going to Arizona to help them. You say when in January is usually when the Lord calls us to help in Arizona. How many of you know what I'm <laughs> It's, but yes, we will be, but we, this is our home. This is our family. This, y'all are our family. We ain't going anywhere, but we will be traveling more. So we'll, we'll go to Arizona. Um, you can pray for my wife that she, she gets the vision for Africa. How many of you are with me on that? You can, um, that I've already been invited 
two, diff uh, two different times this next year to go to Africa and to train pastors, leaders, and things like that. If you're interested, you come with me, but to go, it, to go in a team there. But right now, what we're asking you to do, and for everybody in here, is number one, we're asking you to pray. We're asking you to just simply stop and say, Lord, I need, a, I need to, because it's, you know, I realize that as I stand up here, I'm sharing with you what took me a year and a half to process through in 30 minutes. And I realize that I'm standing up here and, and I'm, I'm giving you a drink from a fire hose. I realize that. But I equally know that God is God. And I equally know that he is faithful. And some people have said, well, you know, are, are, you know, you're, are, are you, you know, you're not going to be a pastor, whatever, whatever. We're going to serve God with all of our heart in this house with all of our heart and do life with y'all. We ain't going nowhere. We're not going anywhere. But what we are doing is like what God said to Abraham in Genesis 12. Will you follow me, Abraham? Abraham, I've got a plan. Will you follow me, Abraham? And we've always endeavored to say, Lord, we believe in your better. We believe in your better. Come on up, babe, if you would. We want you to know that we love this church and we care about you. And so this is not something that we haven't really prayed about and really believe God because we wouldn't do things here in this church, you all that know us, that we didn't think was good for you, good for our church. So you can trust our friends that have been pastors for 20 years. They wouldn't even recommend. And he says, Luke is a nice, nice, nice no, person. No, he's nicer honey, than me. I said, <laughs> I said no, what? No, honey, you said he's nice. Yeah, than no, you said that. But he, he is really <laughs> sweet. Many of you have heard him speak. And we feel like, honestly, that we have been a, a part of a chapter in the book of God in this church and God is going to write new chapters now and it's going to be so good you guys it really is because Pastor James and Eileen their church is probably 2,000 and they have a heart for young people and children and all people Our like we've had their vision is the same and they're going to they're going to they have camps and they have um uh, things for youth and kids, and they have freedom camps for adults, and it's just going to be great. It's going to be so good. So we just want to encourage you with that because when I prayed about this too, I felt like um, it was like like passing the baton in a, in a relay race where we pass the baton and we go go, and that's what we're going to do here, and we're asking you to do that with us, mm -hmm. to look at all the good things, to celebrate Jesus with us, to look up to God, to listen for him, and to be a part of the next chapter of God's story in, in, in our church. And we're right here, like he said, we're not, we're not going anywhere now. Sometimes in the winter, we're going to be gone some. It's okay, <laughs> like some of you do, okay? And we've been faithful for many years, and we're going to continue to be faithful because we love God like you love God. And we're praying 
and we believe, and we love you all. So, Two things I want to ask of you. Number one is to pray. Pray. Just say, Lord, what's my part in this? What's my part in, in your kingdom growing? See, church, this is not my church. I'm even going to throw this out there. This is not your church. This is his church. And he call, brings us all together to serve him. And the moment that we think, you know, like if I were to think, well, this is my church, it just gets messed up. The moment we think it's, no, it's all about, God, you have the plan and you're the best. And I want to encourage you, number one is to pray, but number two is serve. Stop and say, where can I serve and what can I do to help to spread God's kingdom and to help this? Because on any given Sunday, there's only 25% of the people in church that call Road to Life Church their church. That's sad, but it's true. So that means that next week, there's going to be another 25%. So what we're asking you to do is to pray and to help and to comfort and to encourage and to minister as you... As in. Once again, this is going to go on YouTube and this will go on um, social media and so forth. And so people will hear it and they'll see it. But we all come together and say, Lord, we are for your better. Mm -hmm. I'm for God's better. Are you for God's better? Yes. How many of you, you know, when Abraham, when God first told Abraham, I want you to leave your family and your relatives. Some of you would sit here and say, praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? But Abraham, it was tough. Abraham, it was, that's why it was a relational thing that God said, Abraham, I need you to be willing to do this, to prioritize your relationship with me over all other relationships. And that's what this is about, is God, I prioritize you over all other relationships. Amen. Yes, and I forgot to say one thing. I know if you're older, you're thinking, I thought Pastor Mike and Jill would do my funeral. I want to say that you, we will do your funeral. We will. We will do your funeral if you want, unless you like Pastor Luke better and you want him to do it. We're, we're not hurt feelings by that either. So, But we are here for you, and we will do a funeral if you want us to do your funeral. So will don't you, do you worry about that. <laughs> You're not going anywhere yet. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Pastor James Sonic and Eileen, those are um, the pastors of Victory Life Church, which will be really over this church. So they're the pastors, and Pastor Luke and Jillian will be the campus pastors of Victory Life Church. Mm -hmm. So that's how it's going to work in the future. Yes. But God I bless I want to pray. Can we all stand up? Let's pray. Lord, today as we gather in your name, we recognize that, Lord, church is your idea. You gave your life for the church. And, Lord, we just, we just incredibly gratefully respond to your love for each and every one of us. And, Lord, as we gather today to celebrate, but also, Lord, it's tough. Lord, we recognize that you lead our life. You direct our steps. And Lord, we desire to honor you in everything that we do. And Lord, I pray your comfort to every person here. Lord, I pray an overwhelming sense to them of peace like you gave to me, like you gave to the board, like you've given to so many others. An overwhelming sense of peace on the inside. 
God, we thank you for your love and your grace for each and every person. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord.